Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the fourth in our series called This Means War. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. We're in a series called This Means War, and uh, we're declaring victory for the battle that wages within us. And so I want to begin this morning by reading a passage of scripture. It's found in James chapter 4. And it's going to set the backdrop for where I want to go. James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. And when you ask God, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I want to call our message this morning, break the cycle, break the cycle. Can you guys just turn to the person next to you and just say, break it, break it. You guys can be seated. Hey, let's clap our hands for the worship team. So glad that you guys could be here with us this morning. Uh, Like I just said, my name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here and so glad you could join us uh, this beautiful kind of cold morning. Um, so I just want to begin by uh, letting you guys know uh, something that happened this week. Uh, so we were driving to Costco, my family and I, so that's my wife uh, and our two baby girls, uh, twin girls, and uh, we were driving to Costco and something unusual happened uh, because uh, we were driving and we didn't have their CD playing. Uh, now usually we have their music playing, which is all the hits, Old McDonald, uh, <laughs> Miss Mary Mack, all the classics. Uh, and so for whatever reason, they were in a great mood. And so something happened to me that I'm sure has happened to every single one of you. And you can let me know if this happened to you before. Uh, so what happened was uh, I turned on the radio and they were talking about a young up-and-coming artist. A 17-year-old artist. Uh, and you guys can let me know by just a round of applause. How many of you guys have heard of the kid Leroy? Oh, we got two in the back. Come on, don't be shy. Make some noise. Um, <laughs> that's more than first service, which is zero. Um, and so for me, I had never heard of the kid Leroy before, uh, but apparently he's an up-and-coming 17-year-old artist, and they were talking about him on the radio because uh, he had just uh, had an interview where his mom walked in on his interview because he still lives at home, and it was a Skype interview. Um, and so they were talking about just how hard it is to be a 17-year-old star while still living at home. Um, but then they went on to play the Kid Leroy's uh, brand new song. And uh, it's, a, it's a hit song, and so they played the song, and the gist of the song was that uh, the Kid Leroy, 17 years old, um, in the previous 16 years of his life, um, he's gone through so much heartbreak, uh, so many relational issues, uh, <laughs> that he has decided that he is done with relationships forever. And so he has written the song, or at least he sings the song called So Done. Um, for the, do you guys know So Done, the Kid Leroy fans in the back? You know that one? Um, so the rest of you guys, anyone heard that song before, So Done, the Kid Leroy? No, can I sing it to you so you guys know how it goes? Um, you need to understand, I'm someone, I love music. And like, I love music and I love lyrics and music that's like poetry and lyrics that like speak to your soul and, and actually like make you think. So Done by the Kid Leroy is not one of those songs. Um, but with your permission, I'll sing you guys just the chorus of it. You guys want to? hear it? (laughs) It it goes like this. Um, It goes, I'm done. So done. So done. So done. So done. I'm done. 
So done, so done, so done, so done, I'm done. And as the song was playing by the end of it, I was like, I'm done. I'm so done, so done, so done with this song, but it's a hit. Um, and so I just, you know, I turned the song off. I thought it was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Uh, and we went into Costco. And as we went into Costco and began to shop, something really weird happened. Um, I don't know how it happened, but under my mask, uh, my mouth began to open. And I began to sing, I'm done. So done, so done, so done, so done, I'm done. And everywhere I go, every corner I turned, all I could begin to sing was, I'm done. So done, so done, so done. And so this is a phenomenon that I'm sure has happened to you guys before. How many of you guys have ever got a song stuck in your head before? And so this song, I'm so done, by the kid Leroy was now stuck in my head. Now, what was so interesting is that this song, and what I find so interesting about songs that get stuck in our head, um, is that we don't even have to like the song. The song can be really, really stupid. The song can be nonsensical. It can be about a 17-year-old kid speaking about relationships and how done he is when I know, in fact, he's not close to done. He's just getting started. But no, it doesn't matter what the song says. It can actually get stuck in our head, even if it annoys us. And so I began to, to dig into some science uh, behind why songs get stuck in our head. And so one thing that science tells you is that a lot of times when a song gets stuck in your head, um, there's actually something happening in your brain. Something scientific is happening. And so what this study said was that songs that have what is called a melodic contour, pardon my French, contour, a melodic contour are songs that are most likely to get stuck in your head. And so what a melodic contour is, it's a pattern where the first note rises in pitch and the second falls and it follows this pattern so examples twinkle twinkle little star how i can go on and so songs like that follow a melodic contour meaning they're more than likely to get stuck in your head and so what science calls this is an earworm and so the kid Leroy. His song follows a melodic contour, specifically the chorus, which is like the whole song. But it goes, I'm done, so done, so done, so done, so done, I'm done. Was that okay, Mateos? Thank you. And so it follows this pattern, and so it's more likely to get stuck in our head. And so what was interesting is what, uh, what science said is that when a song really gets stuck in your head, when these earworms are there, oftentimes you actually can't get rid of it, meaning like it won't just leave by itself. And so what they said is when a song really gets stuck in your head, what you have to do is you have to learn how to break the cycle. You have to break the melodic contour. And so what they said, there's many ways to do this. One thing they said was chew gum. If a song is stuck in your head, just chew gum. But what was interesting, the other thing they said was that if a song is stuck in your head, chances are it's, it's usually just the chorus. And so one of the ways to get a song unstuck is to listen to it from the beginning to the end, which I thought was really interesting. But the main thing that they were saying, and I want us to get this, is what they were saying is when something gets stuck in your head, oftentimes the only way to get it out is to break the cycle. You have to break the cycle. And so I was thinking about that, especially in terms of what we are speaking about in this series called How to Win the Battle Within. And one thing that we said is that for so many of us, the reason we have war in our minds is because we have been caught in a cycle. 
It's a cycle of negative thinking. It's a cycle of pessimist, pessimistic thinking. It's a cycle of worst case scenario thinking. It's, it's anxiety. It's just feeling unworthy. For so many of us, we get caught in a cycle. And one of the things that I think is so interesting and how I think it relates to when songs get stuck in our head is that the things that often get stuck in our head are not the things that we enjoy the most. They're not the things that we like. I would never choose to listen to the Kid Leroy. I'm sorry. But it was stuck on replay. And so I think what happens to us, because for a lot of us, we think of the cycles in our lives, and, and we begin to think that these are a part of who we are. This is just who I am. I'm negative. I'm, I'm, I'm worthless. But the truth is, is at the very end of the day, although we may feel these thoughts, I don't think anyone chooses to think like this. I don't think anyone wakes up every single day and says, you know what? I want to feel like crap today. I want to feel unworthy. I want to, feel, I want to just think that everything bad, I don't think anyone is like that. What I think happens, though, is for so many of us, we get caught in a cycle. Now, in music, we know it's the melodic contour, but I believe in our heads, the cycle is different. But I also think, like a song, one of the ways that we can get out of these negative thought patterns that we have in our minds is if we can learn to break the cycle. But the good news is, if our minds work in a giant cycle, what that means, if I can learn to break the cycle, that would mean I can learn how to have victory over what's within me. I can learn to win the battle within. But I believe this to be true, and I want us to, to, to speak on this. And I'll let you guys know this morning, I'm going to do a lot of teaching, more so than preaching, because I, I really want to teach this. Can I teach this morning? Yeah. And, and so what I want us to understand is that the only way that we can begin to break the cycles in our lives is if we can actually understand how the cycles work. You guys ready to go this morning? Yeah. So what I want to do, um, and this TV up here is going to help me teach in a little bit. It's, it's going to be stationary for a bit. Um, the verses are going to be behind us online. Should have said hello earlier. Hello. The verses will be on the screen in the bottom um, corner here. But we're going to be in James chapter 4. Now, before I read the verses, I'll give you guys a little context of what's happening. Uh, the book of James is written by a man named, uh, you guessed it, James. And so uh, James is actually the brother of Jesus. Uh, technically speaking, they call him the half-brother of Jesus. Same mamas, different daddies. James' dad was Joseph. Jesus' dad was God, who, who he is. Um, so they're half-brothers. Uh, that's what they say. But they're brothers. And uh, it's really interesting uh, because James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this book. And now one thing I like to say is I think that one of the greatest proofs that Jesus was and is God, I don't think it even comes from necessarily reading the biblical accounts um, it doesn't come from archaeological evidence. I don't even think it comes from the fact that this small group of people would grow and eventually spread out through the entire world. I don't think that's the greatest evidence that Jesus is God. I think the greatest evidence we have that Jesus is God is that his brother James believed he was God. Because I'll tell you something. If your brother believes you are God, you are indeed God. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is one, if there's one person you can't convince if you're not, it's your brother. So that's why I think that Jesus is God, because James believed it. Um, and James, the brother of Jesus, would be, go on to be one of the early leaders in the church. And so what James did was James wrote a book. And I believe in this book, he has lots of good stuff. But specifically in James chapter 4, he helps us to understand the cycles of our minds. And how for so many of us, we can get caught in the spin cycle. We can call it the sin cycle, the shame cycle. The spin cycle, whatever you want to call it, it's just the, the circle that we go about in our minds. And so I'm going to teach from James chapter 4 today. 
Starting in verse 1, he says this. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Now, I want us to to, to understand this, and I'm just scratching the surface here. We're going to get deeper in a moment. But for a lot of us, we would most likely characterize our life into two categories. It's like my external problems and my internal problems. And for a lot of us, it's like, you know what, like, I have internal problems, like I struggle with my self-worth, I struggle with my self-esteem, I struggle with anxiety, I struggle with uh, just being positive, whatever it is. I have internal struggles, but that's my biggest issue. Externally, I'm pretty good. Some of us are like, you know what, like internally I'm good, my problem is external. Like I got bad relationships, I got bad friendships, uh, I'm kind of angry, like it's all external, but internal I'm fine. And so we have these two categories, is everyone following and so a lot of times we try, to, we try to categorize internal, external. But what, Jesus, what James says here, he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So what he is saying is that my external and my internal cannot be disconnected. They're one and the same. So what he's saying, and I want us to write this down because this is, this is huge for us to understand. He's saying my external problems will always come as a result of my internal struggles. My external problems will always come as a result of my internal problems. Said another way, James is saying the battle within never actually stays within. And so everything that we think is only external will inevitably come from a result of what is internal. But in the same way, what is internal will make its way external. And so very practically speaking, if you struggle with self-worth, if you feel like you're not good enough and you feel like, you know what, like I've buried it so deep, but no one knows, it's just a me thing. James says, no, 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 it's going to come out one way or another. This is what happens a lot of times when someone's in a bad relationship. And, and it's like, you know what, like I'm in this relationship, it's fine. And everyone around them is like, why the heck are you with that person? It's because they don't have a positive self-view of themselves, but they don't even know it. They don't think other people know it, but everyone can see. Everyone within a 10-foot pole is like, yeah, that's not the relationship for you. But what happens is like, I thought my internal problem was just internal. I thought I just buried it, but the truth is it's coming out one way or another. Is everyone following? In the same breath, it's like, you know what? Like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. But that's just a me thing. James says, no, it's not just a me thing. That's why when you post those things on Instagram, you know the ones like where the lighting's really good and like it's kind of a little bit revealing. But you got a Bible verse under it, so it's all good. <laughs> like the Lord is the lamp unto my feet. Um, what's happening, listen, is that I'm figuring out how I can externally solve what I feel internally. And so then when I get those external likes and the comments and maybe the reposts, it's kind of weird if it's a picture of you, um, then I'll feel better about myself. This, this, is what, this is what drugs and alcohol is, as a dependency. It's to say, man, like, I have all of these feelings inside of me, be it, be it uh, anger or, or be it hurt. Um, and, and it's like, man, I just, I don't feel good enough. And so that's how I feel internally. And so I do something externally. That's why I drink. That's why I do drugs. And so I need us to understand this because for a lot of us, we think we can disconnect the two. For a lot of us, we think no one knows about my internal struggles. It's all good. It's just a me thing. No one else can see it. No, 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 no. Understand this. The only way to break the cycle is to understand the cycle. And so you need to understand this. Your me problem will eventually move into an everyone around me problem. 
because it's going to affect my relationships. It's going to affect how I see people, my friendships, my life. Listen, nothing internal ever stays internal. But in the same breath, if we follow the line of thinking, what that means is my external always came as a result of my internal. And so I want us to really break this down again. I'll show what James says. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desire that battles within you? So I'm going to really break down this cycle, and I want to teach this. Uh, we're going to have to go back here a little bit. This is wrong. Perfect. This is where I want to be. We got it on the screen up there. What James is saying is this, and I want to show us the two ends of the cycle, and as we go along, we'll fill in the gap. But what he says is this in James chapter 4, verse 1. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And so that is external. That's our outcomes. Anytime I have beef, anytime something is happening outside of me, that is external. What causes external? What causes my outcomes? How do my outcomes become the way they are? Well, he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And so that's over here, desire, which is internal. And so we have the two ends of the spectrum, desire and outcome, internal, external. Is everyone following? Is everyone following? I really need us to understand this. And so what we need to understand as we look at this is that desire and outcome are are two blanket statements. They're not positive and they're not negative. However, my outcomes can be negative. My outcomes can be positive. My desires can be positive, but my desires can also be negative. And so what we need to understand is how we fill this gap right here between desire and eventually outcome. What happens next will always determine our outcomes. And so how we fill this gap is really important. And so James will show us how many of us often fill the gap. And I'll give us some practical examples. So he says again, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Verse 2, he says this. He says, you desire, but you don't have. You desire, but you don't have. That leads to disappointment. There's something I wanted. There's something I thought that I needed, but I didn't get it. I desire I didn't get it. That led to disappointment. And so what he says next, he says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. So every time there's a desire, and if there's a disappointment attached to it, I now have a way that I respond. That's my behavior. And so desire, disappointment, behavior. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And so he says, the outcome is quarreling. The outcome is fighting. Why? It all started back here. Now, this is the cycle. Is everyone following? Can we put the cycle on the screen just so everyone can see it, just in case you guys can't see the screen? This is the cycle. And so what it means is this, super simple. It means all of my outcomes came as a result of my behaviors. My behavior was bred out of disappointment, and my disappointment came because my desire was not met. Is everyone following? This is the pattern. This is the pattern that James gives us on the path from internal to external. So let me give you guys very practical examples. Let's start with marriage, relationship. You have a desire. My desire is that my spouse, my husband, or my wife will take out the trash. And so I'm sitting there. I've had a long day, and they didn't take out the trash. 
In fact, they walked right by it. And so that leads to disappointment. Now, what happens with disappointment is I always now have the choice for how I'm going to respond. And so tonight, I'm deciding to tell him or her how much of a lazy slug they are and how they don't do anything. That's my behavior. And then usually, you can guess what the outcome is. It's World War Z. And so, are you guys kind of following that? that train, and I really want us to understand this, and I can't give you every example for your life, so I'm going to try my very best <laughs> to, to, to speak it to you. Here's another one. Uh, let's say at work. If you guys work in this place at work, man, like you're giving it your all. And maybe you even went above and beyond. Maybe you even did a little bit extra. And so I hope that someone notices. I hope my boss notices. Guess what? He doesn't notice. She doesn't notice. And so what happens now is I'm disappointed. Why? Because I want it to be noticed. I want it to be valued. And what happens even worse is that they don't notice you, but they actually notice someone else. And they give them the promotion. They give them the compliment. And so now I choose my behavior, and I've decided that I'm going to talk to everyone else in the office and tell them how much of an idiot my boss is. And I'm going to gossip about that person that got the position in the place I wanted to get into. And so now what happens is the outcome, we live in a toxic and negative work environment. Are you guys understanding the cycle and how it works? So what James is saying is that what causes quarrels and fights among you, my outcomes, he says they come from desires that were not met. Now, I want us to understand something because one thing that we said last week when we talked about having the mind of Christ, and I encourage you, if you missed that message, go back and watch it. But we said in life, we don't always get to choose what happens to us, right? So many times we'll have desires that lead to disappointments. That's just inevitable. And so what we said is we may not choose what happens, but to have the mind of Christ is to mean I'm going to choose to respond how Jesus would respond every single time. So it means when I'm disappointed, when my husband doesn't take out the trash, when my boss doesn't notice me, when people are going off in the social media comments and it's really annoying me, I choose how I respond. And I can respond with grace. I can respond with love. I can respond with peace. I can respond with mercy. I can turn the other cheek. I can always change my behavior. And what we said, and this is really last week, if we're able to change our behavior to have that mind of Christ, we will have better outcomes. We will live with more peace. We will live with more joy. We will live with more love. And that's really good. You'll have better outcomes, but... What I want to dig deeper into today is I want to tell us that to change just our behavior is good. We should seek to change our behavior. But at the end of the day, what if there was a better place to break the cycle? What, what if there was a better place to break the cycle? Because I believe if you change behavior, if you break the cycle there, you will have better outcomes. But I don't actually believe you'll have what you're looking for. You will not get what you're looking for. Because the question we need to ask ourselves does not go back to disappointment. It goes back to desire. You see, when we take the example of the boss, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, why am I feeling the way that I feel? Why am I feeling the way that I feel? And so what I want us to understand is that behavior is good, but there is something deeper. 
God wants to take us to something deeper, deeper than behavior modification. Because we can change our behavior till we're blue in the face, and it'll give us better outcomes, but will it give us what we're actually seeking? And so I need us to follow. James 2, he says this. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. We understand that. But look what he says next. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have what you want because you do not ask God. Now, take the train of thought that we're in. So for a lot of us, it's like, okay, well, basically, Harrison, what you're saying is anytime I'm disappointed, I need to ask God for what I want. So I need to pray, Jesus, help my spouse take out the trash. Jesus, please help my boss to notice me. Jesus, please help my friends to be less stupid. Jesus, please. Like, is that what Because James is saying, you have not because you ask not. So do I need to change? Do I need to ask God to change all those things that's happening? And maybe some of us are like, Harrison, I've done that. I've been praying for these stupid people for so long. But nothing's changing. And James says, you don't have because you don't ask. I'm asking. I don't get it. But look what he says. He says, when you ask, though, you do not receive it because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You want to know what he's saying? Taking the whole thing together? He's saying you're asking God to break the wrong part of the cycle. Because for a lot of us, we're asking God to break it over here. God, I just want to live with better outcomes. So I need you to change people's behaviors. This mic is going crazy. I won't move so much. I need you to change over here. But what, what, what James is saying, he's saying when you ask, you don't receive because you are asking with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So I need us to understand this. Write this one down. The key to breaking the cycle in our lives, the sin cycle, the shame cycle, the spin cycle, is to stop thinking in terms of outcomes. So many of us just think in terms of outcomes. I need this to get better. I need my mood to get better. I need my life to get better. I need my wife to get better. I need my house to get bigger. I need my spouse to be more loving. I need you to change my outcomes, God. James is saying you don't have it because your motives are wrong. In other words, you're asking God for the wrong thing. Listen, temporary victory lies in behavior change. It's temporary. But the cycle becomes a cycle when we get what we think that we wanted, but it doesn't satisfy us. We've all been there. Because a lot of you guys are like, that's a straight line, it's on a cycle. <laughs> Here's the cycle now. <laughs> what happens is this. Because all of us inevitably have been there, whether it's at work or whether it's in a marriage or whether it's online, we get exactly what we thought that we wanted. Yet we don't feel any better. The trash was taken out. My boss actually praised me. I got a promotion, yet I still don't feel the way that I want to feel. And so what happens is that when our outcome is what we want it to be, but it doesn't satisfy us, that leaves us with more desire. And so the cycle just goes in a circle, in a circle, and in a circle. And so what this means for a lot of us, I'll go back to this, we're trying to change our outcomes. What God is trying to do is God trying to change our desires. This is the key to breaking the cycle. To understand my desire is to break the cycle. And so how do I understand the cycle and my desire, I should say? 
the best way to understand our desire is to ask a very revealing question to yourself. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You see, for a lot of us, the reason that we will get bad outcomes is because we'll think, I got what I actually wanted. But the truth is, it wasn't what you wanted. There was something deeper. There there was something deeper. And so what happens in a sense, and I'll paint a picture for so many of us, if our minds and our life is filled with cobwebs, when we see the cobwebs, we grab the broom, right? We start tearing them down and tearing them down. And it's like, I think I just need this. Well, just, I need a little bit of this. And, And we tear all the cobwebs down and we think, now I've solved my problems. But you want to know what the issue is? The spider is still alive. The spider is still alive. And so what happens, if I never get to the root of my desires, if I never understand what I actually want, I will never have victory. I'll never have victory. And so what happens for a lot of us is that our desires are off and we don't even know it. And so we're seeking that God or ourselves would fill our desires, but our desires are off. And so we will never get the outcomes that we want. And so look what he says. Continuing, he says, you ask what you do not receive, that you may spend what you want in your pleasure. So he says this, verse 4. He says, you adulterous people, harsh words. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, we need to understand this. Because what he's saying for a lot of us is that we do not understand our desires. And in the the basis of what he's saying here, he's saying your desires actually do not come from God. And so if your desires do not come from God, in other words, you're getting what you want but not what you actually need, the reason you're stuck in the cycle is because you'll never be satisfied. And so the reason he says that you are an enemy of God is not because God hates you. It's because you are putting yourself in this cycle, this constant spin cycle where you are never satisfied, where you never feel worthy, where you never are happy, where your relationship, not quite yet, Annabelle, we still have some time here. I love you. I'm preaching long here, I guess. Um, (laughs) that's my fault. I'll tell you after. Um, We're stuck in the cycle, right? Because our desires are off. And so when our desires are off, the reason we become enemies of God is because inevitably we are doing things that are destructive to ourselves. We're trying to satisfy the wrong desire. And if you satisfy the wrong desire, you'll be caught in that cycle over and over and over again. And the only reason you're an enemy of God is because when we're an enemy of ourself, that means I'm hurting myself. That means I'm putting myself in situations where I will constantly and continually feel pain because I'm in the cycle, because I'm doing the things that inevitably will hurt me, but the reason I'm doing it is because I think this will fulfill me. James says it will never fulfill you because your desire is wrong. And so how do I really understand my desire? How do I get down to the root of it? The key is asking the question, what do I really want? I'll tell you something. Let's go to the trash motif for a second. Most of us don't want the trash taken out. We just want to know that our spouse values us, that they see us, that they know how much we do, how much we... It's just about being seen. And so what happens is we think it's about the trash. Because understand this, if I think about something... um, uh, If I never think about something deeply, 
I will always justify it superficially. Write this one down. It was so big. If I never think of something deeply, I'll always justify it superficially. That's why this question is so revealing. What do I want? Can I tell you something? Social media, every single time you post something, ask yourself, why am I posting this? Because we can lie to ourselves all we want, but the truth is if we do that, we'll just get caught in the cycle. We'll just get caught in the cycle. Can I tell you at work, it's not even about a promotion sometimes. A lot of times the deeper issue is I don't feel good about myself, and so unless someone affirms me, then I still won't feel good about myself. The problem is you'll get the promotion, but the deeper issue remains. And nothing will actually give you what you think you want. It's deeper. It's a surface level. I'll explain it for myself. I told you guys last week, and I said, pray for me. I said, I go on social media, and I hate social media because people are so stupid, and it makes me angry, yet I still go on social media. So pray for me. And so uh, this week, as I was preparing this message, um, I began to ask myself this question, this clarifying question. Because like I said, if you don't think about something deeply, you'll always justify it superficially. And so for me, I was like, you know what? People on social media, like, they just, they're hurting themselves with their stupidity. That's why, like, it really angers me. Um, it's my surface way of justifying it. But as I get deeper and deeper, I go back to desire. And it's like, what do you want? Harrison, what do you really want? This is just time with me and the Lord. Because understand this, in quiet time, in reflection, is when you will understand your deepest self. You want to know what I realized my issue was? My issue was pride. And the pride is this. I think I know more than those people. And because I think, more, because I think I know more than those people, those people are dumb. And you know what really gets me angry? And I'll show you guys this. Because what I do on social media um, is I always cut at the behavior. If you guys follow me, I don't post anything. Um, like on, on Facebook, I'll never comment and <laughs> comment battles and things like that. And so what happens is my outcomes are all good. I've never had any issues on social media. But the problem is I never took it to the root. And so my outcomes can be fine, but my heart is rotten. Because my issue is pride. My issue is that I think I'm better than people, and I actually need God to change that. And that can't be changed by behavior modification. It only comes through Holy Spirit transformation. But understand this. If I don't know myself, I'll never be able to figure out what my issues are. And I'll always go superficially. I'll always just try to change my behaviors. I'll try to go into new relationships. I'll try to go into new friendships. But guess what? In your next relationship, when the trash isn't taken out, the problem will still be there if we never address it. So it comes down to desire. How do I change my desire? I need Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need Jesus. Psalm 37, how do I get there? It says this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Look at that word. Delight yourself, Lord, and he will give you the, shout it, desires of your heart. Because what we said is there's nothing wrong inherently with desire. The problem is when our desires are twisted. And so what he's saying is when I delight myself in the Lord, God will actually give me what I need. 
Listen, if you need affirmation, it will never come from a person. No one can affirm you enough. No one can tell you how good you are enough. But when I delight myself in the Lord, when I can begin to rework my mind, when I can begin to believe that Jesus loved me so much, that God loved me so much that he sent his only son to die for me, my mind begins to get rearranged. And so my desires change. And so my desire is no longer the approval of people because I already have the approval of God. But if I never understand that's my issue, I'll never change. Because understand this, God cannot heal what you hide. God cannot heal what you hide. You want to know the reason that shame works in a cycle? That sin works in a cycle? It's because we're never honest with ourselves. And so we think we have victory. Or we think our situation's changing. Well, that's what's going to help us. But the issue is we need a total transformation. We need the cycle to shift. But God cannot heal what I hide. And I'll tell you this. One of the reasons that so many of us hide things, so many of us push things down, be it from people, but even from ourselves, is because we have this innate fear that's like, well, if I brought up what's really down there, like, I'm not going to like what I see. If I spoke about it, man, if God even saw what's down there, like, that's the, that's the deepest part of me. I can't go to counseling. I can't talk to someone because there's too much shame. I don't want to go back to the root. I don't want to talk about where my desire actually came from. But listen, that is where freedom lies. It's getting down to the root. Now, I want us to understand this because we looked at the verse that says that you're the enemy of God. Right? These desires. And for a lot of us, when we have these desires and we're know, we know that they're wrong, inevitably we know this. I shouldn't be in this situation right now. I shouldn't be in this relationship right now. I shouldn't think the way that I think. I shouldn't act the way that I act. A lot of us know this innately. And then we feel that. It's like, yeah, I am an enemy of God. There's a barrier. I don't think God loves me. I don't think God accepts me. I get that. I get that. I get that. But look what happens next. Verse 5. Now is your time to shine, Annabelle. In James chapter 4, verse 5, right after enemies of God, he says, Do you think the scriptures say without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Now, what this is saying, and it's it's worded really weird in the Greek, and so it's translated weird in the English. But the essence of what he is saying is that sin and shame separate us from God, literally make us enemies of God. But what he's saying is the truth and the power of Jesus is that although we are separated by our desires, maybe our outcomes, our behaviors, whatever it is, although we are separated, he's saying that God actually still longs to be with you. His spirit longs to dwell in you. No matter how far away you feel, no matter how broken you think you are, no matter how much of an enemy of God you feel, he says his spirit longs for you. Jesus longs to heal you. Jesus longs to restore you. Jesus longs to rearrange, rework our desires. That's the heart of the Father. But look, 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 look. So it's like Harrison, like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to fall after Jesus. I'm trying to change my desires, but I still fall. I still mess up. I still go back into the same patterns, the bad, unhealthy relationships. I still go back. Look what he says, verse six. But he has given us more grace. 
The spirit longs, but I still don't respond, but he has more grace. Come on, but he has more grace. But Jesus, but he doesn't stop pursuing, but he doesn't stop loving us, but he has more grace. Because the heart of the Father is to restore us wholly. The heart of the Father is to break that cycle in our lives. Because inevitably it leads to death. It leads to terrible outcomes. And when I read this this language, it reminds me of an illustration that Jesus told. And it was an illustration of a son who had everything, but he didn't feel like he had what he needed. And so he left to go pursue pleasures, to go pursue the desire that he thought his heart longed for. And so what happens is he went and he pursued all of these things. And if you know the story, it leads to heartbreak. It leads to emptiness. He follows everything. He chases the world, but he ends up with nothing. And what happens is he comes home. And as he comes home, as you read the story, he spent all of his father's money. He's gone out and he's made a mess of his life. And you think when you read the story that the father was going to be there with his arms closed. Saying, too late. Probation's closed. You had your chance. You had your time. But why James 6, James 4 verse 6 reminds me of that picture is because what we find is this son after he's gone and lived a terrible life, after his outcomes have all destroyed him, the father remains there with his arms open wide. And he's there to receive the son. And he says, that which was once lost is now found. Come home, my son. And so you need to understand this. Whatever part of the cycle that you think you are in, if you think you are too far, my desires are too twisted, my flesh is too bad, guess what? Jesus longs to break the cycle. Come on, I said Jesus longs to break the cycle. He wants to change us from the inside out. And so with the Father's arms open, we run to him. We can begin to say, God, search me, know me, change me, complete me. Because only you can complete me. Only you can actually fulfill the desires of my heart. That's Jesus. Let's just stand for a second, church. This morning, I want to give us the opportunity to respond to the love of the Father. I want us to be able to respond to the open arms of Jesus because I know for too many of us in this room, we feel like I've been caught in this cycle too long. I've been caught in darkness too long. But guess what? Darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. And so one of the reasons we give people the opportunity to respond is to say, I don't want to live in darkness anymore. I want to break these cycles. I want to live with Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, this morning, if you want to follow Jesus in this place online, I want to give you the opportunity. And so all you have to do, I'm going to count backwards from three. And when I'm done counting, just show me your hand. And by raising your hand, what you're saying is, I want Jesus in my life. I want to follow him. I want him to change me from the inside out to give me the desires I actually long for follow Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count backwards from three. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If three, two, one, just show me your hand. You're saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give him my everything. I want to be restored. Maybe this is the first time you've made the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe it's the tenth time. Show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, why don't we pray this together? Everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for choosing me. God, I give you my everything. I give you my wins. And I give you my sins. I give you my deepest desires. Make me a new creation. Change me from the inside out. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for every person in this place that made that decision. Come on. Hey, thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Hey, if you want more information, if you've decided to follow Jesus, we encourage you to head over to kingdomchurch.ca right now and connect with us. We can't wait to get to know you. Until next time, take care.